The Athen Real Talk podcast explores controversial ideas to stimulate debate and active thinking. These ideas do not always reflect Athen's personal views. Welcome to the Athen Real Talk podcast. He has been called the best gamer in the world, hands down. World famous gamer and philanthropist Athen. Gaming for good, it's called, has raised more than $20 million. Using his notoriety to raise money for charity. On activism, science, culture, and self-development. I'm proud to have him in the studio today. I would not want to take you on in a video game. Tiraco says, Athen, if you think people should only do what they like and do not shitty work at all life, who will take care of that then? Tiraco, it's about thinking outside the box and finding shortcuts. The problem with most people is not that they work all life because, you know, they need to pay the bills. The problem is they work all life in a certain way because it's socially conditioned to be like that. But the thing is, if you think outside the box, you can basically make a lot more money. Easy. You can take care of your financially dependency, become financially independent, and then you can do what you believe in. That is the thing. But if you just do what other people tell you to do, or you put yourself in a very tricky corner, it gets harder. If you have a lot of debts or whatever, it gets harder. Almost have to file bankruptcy. People are invested in their small little luxuries. It's the mindset that is the issue. I don't have anything, by the way. Did you guys know that? I already said that a lot. My statute here in Belgium is hobo. All the money goes to Reese. He owns everything. My healthcare is under my mom. Like for the state, I don't even have to write tax papers because I don't make anything. Reese is dealing with all the cash. I own the least of everyone. And yet, I don't care. I just don't care. I'm more free than anything. I think maybe it's a little bit risky. Why is it risky? What's the worst that can happen? That I have to live in a, in a box outside? Is that the worst? People's concerns most of the time are a bigger issue than the reality. They worry too much. There is people that just start traveling with nothing from one day to another and live a more free life than all of you guys together. Jan Caesar says, Athene, what do you think about fear of speaking up, stage fright, and just being in the center of attention that many people don't act and never take opportunities because of it? How to change it and to worry what people think of you and you compare yourself to others? So basically, what you're asking me is, how do you change being overrun by the idea of what other people think of you and how that affects who you are when you're in an environment with other people? That's actually your question. I can give a very scientific explanation to that and why it happens. You have to understand how your consciousness works. And basically your consciousness is merely the neural activity in your brain at that given moment. There is no sensor. It's just what you are. So the reason why you want to eat is because the part that's responsible for eating becomes more active and becomes more of what you are. Same of if you want to have sex or you have a boner or whatever. Because the part that is responsible for your sexuality is getting more active and therefore you create the physical impulses. And it goes as far as saying, if I split your brain in two, you don't experience to be two different people. You just experience yourself as one half of the brain and you don't even realize the other part is not there. So what you are just naturally emerges from the neural activity. That's it. So what now? If you talk to someone or if you're watching me right now, the reason why you can hear me and see me is because right now I'm part of your neural activity. If you run outside, the reason why you see the buildings is because those are part of your neural activity. There is no such a thing as external. Everything takes place in your consciousness. And now what's really fascinating is the reason why you care so much about what other people think about you is because you mirror and you see yourself through the eyes of others. And as you grow up, when you're young, you don't even have the ability. You really lack the ability 
to be able to even think that other people exist. That's why when you close your eyes, you think that you're invisible as a kid. But as you grow up, you develop certain abilities and traits that allow you to be more and more complex. But what now? Why is someone more confident than other people in an environment? Is because the neural network that brings about who they are have stronger pathways that define their beliefs or who they are. And that reflects itself in confidence. And in a physical sense, when you're around other people, you can more easily manifest who you are. Because the neural pathways that bring about your thoughts and your ideas are stronger represented. And if you don't have those neural pathways and you're in an environment, you really become your environment and you lose yourself. And it's too strong. It's too overwhelming. This is a very scientific explanation of why when you're in an environment with other people, you can literally lose yourself if you haven't really developed a strong sense of self. And by thinking about those things, being more independent and really meditate on it, you strengthen the neural pathways, making it so you don't lose yourself as much when you're around other people in a real physical sense. Isn't that beautiful? Understanding how the brain works and how it results in confidence and your ability to be who you are even in the environment and understanding how the environment is part of you and by thinking you actually strengthen the neural pathways and by not doing so you become easier influenceable and more and more a sheep and that's why it's so important to challenge your own ideas and put yourself in the right environment to strengthen and grow as a person it's all connected it's also explained in gods in the neurons in the documentary but it's slightly touched upon That's a very interesting insight to have because that would be a motivation to me to really think about stuff over and over again because it strengthens the pathways and makes me more myself in the environment with other people. When you say meditate on it, what do you mean? It means you shut yourself off of your social environment, you sit in your bed, close your eyes, you can have your eyes open as well, and you think about those things. You reflect on aspects, you live take your life under control you think about those things deeply you do it over and over again and by doing so you strengthen who you are that's why i'm so confident that is also why when i'm in an environment and there is a hundred people i can be very strong my neural pathways when it comes down to my beliefs are very very developed that's just the only reason else i would also be in an environment and just lose myself it's a very interesting thing to think about because it allows you to really be self-aware about your self-awareness. It's like literally the first building block that allows you to grow as a person. Like this is the key to grow as a person. It really makes a difference between you growing into a more self-confident and a more strong person or just being a sheep that is just extension of its environment. I have anxiety and seen and you may actually have gave me the key to cure it. Damn straight, Sheridan. This is the cure to anxiety as well. Because you just become your environment if you don't have strong neural pathways and that's why you lose yourself. It's just stronger than you. You can tell someone that is very easily influenced by his friends like you are easily influenced. That's not going to change it because his neural pathways are not developed enough. And by developing them more, by thinking and reflecting, you literally strengthen your pathways. And then when you're in an environment with friends, you're much less easy influenced. Very important insight. And I find it fascinating that I, I read neuroscience and it's not really said like this. I've never read it like this, even though the neuroscience says that's how it works. I've never seen neuroscientists make this connection and I've never read this. I had to make this connection myself. Bettine, do you think the school system kills your personality? No, 
I think the school system creates your personality because there ain't no personality when you're born. It grows with time and school shapes that. And your environment shapes your personality. There's no such a thing as a universal personality that you have when you're born. No, it's molded all the time and created and school is a big part of it. So that's why so many people are fucked up because school is fucked up. You just are what you are, nothing more. Tvaki, that's not true. What is not true? That personality is molded and created by your environment and how it interacts with you. I think it's funny that sometimes people disagree with that. I had a friend that was a girl back in the days in school. And she said to me, and this was when I was in fifth grade. I was 17 years old. And she told me, when I buy clothes, it's because I like those clothes. It said it's because it's part of who I am. And I said, no, it's your environment that, you know, shaped you to believe what you find nice. And she said, no, no, that's not true. This is really what I like. And I tell her then, like, but what if you would live in another culture? Would you even like the same clothes? She says, yes, I would have liked the same clothes. Okay, let's say you would live in another site, let's say 150,000 years ago, and you wouldn't even learn language. You wouldn't even have the concept of language. Let's say you're born 150,000 years ago, because even language is thought. Your ability to think, your ability to even define who you are is created by environment. She said, no, I would still like those clothes. It was a very funny conversation. I just stopped talking. Stuff like that really made me aware why it's important to know when to shut the fuck up. I learned that because back in the days when I was young, I was really very motivated to tell people about my ideas and stuff. I really thought it was important. She was, she was a pretty smart girl as well, by the way. Wood flavored ice cream says, I feel somewhat inhuman for thinking this, but I think the humanity is no longer evolving intellectually because usual less intelligent people are more likely to reproduce than intelligent people. The person that is most encouraged to reproduce by society is the very average person that agree with the populistic opinion. The sheep. What do you think about this idea? I think it's uh, based on Idiocracy, the movie. Uh, I don't know if that's the case. Because people like me put their time and effort in educating the others. I think that it doesn't matter whether your parents were less intelligent or less smart about how the environment influences you to grow based on your full potential. That is more important than the DNA of your parents. So I do believe that every single person has a lot of potential. Sheik Runner asks a really good question. Athene, what helps you not question reality? That's a really good question. And the answer is reality is reality. You can't swaggle yourself around reality. You can't talk yourself out of reality. It's right in front of you. It is what it is. And by accepting it, you'd be way ahead than rejecting it. Reality is the big boss. It owns me. It owns you. It owns everyone. You can't argue with reality. It's pretty simple. And that's also why I say every time in the streams, you have to see things for what they are. It's very important. Don't backwards rationalize reality. Reality is there and it is there. Easy that. Just look at it for what it is and work with that. Don't go like, yeah, but this is bad. Kids are dying in Africa. Yeah, but you know, overpopulation. No, kids are dying. It's that simple. That's the reality. If you're confronted with reality, things become very simple. All your theories and all your blah, 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 blue, blue ain't going to help you. You just got to look at it for what it is. Approach reality with the right mindset. Roxas, KH007 says a thing. In my opinion, donating money to charity corporations that help people in Africa doesn't help the situation that much as the people will most likely not contribute to our evolution at all. I think that this would be the correct moral choice, but I consider it a waste of resources. That is absolutely 
insane what you say there. But the reason why it's insane is that you can make such a claim without doing research to back up such a claim. If you want to say an outrageous claim, at least have some data to back it up. And when you look at the data, it contradicts the claim. Look at South Korea, for example. They got a lot of help and now they are third world helper themselves. They're donator now. Same with some of the biggest growing economies are in Africa. The future, in the next 20 to 30 years, you won't have third world countries anymore. The idea that Africa is a black sinkhole is a myth. It's not true. It is getting better. It's getting better every year. We will experience a world where there is no third world countries in our lifetime. Easy. Roxas says, Athene, where do you get most of your information from? I don't know where, how to search for it on the internet. It's actually something that the guys here told me to talk about. How do you actually go about getting information on the internet? Because the internet is very vast and big. The thing is that most of the filtering will happen by you. Because there is so much information, there is so much different sources that you have to use your own head to see what works out, what is true, what is not true, what is statistically more or less likely, something you have to figure out yourself, which is a really hard process. It's very, very hard. I read a lot of uh, contradictory things when I'm reading on the internet. I really like Reddit a lot, but if you want to browse on Reddit, you will have to unsubscribe from most of the stuff you get on the front page. So you have to unsubscribe from videos, from images, from... There's so many different subreddits that just went down the shitter. So you have to filter that out a little bit. I also checked the local newspaper, which used to be terrible, but now is actually better than Reddit. How funny is that? Where the world has come. And I also like to check antiwar.com. I also really like to check antiwar.com. I just check all those sites and I read articles that are posted. And sometimes when there's an article that's very interesting, I check for different sources. I Google it up. Mainly, that's the case with science stuff. But most of the time, Reddit already links to other articles. So I scroll down a lot and see. But sometimes they don't do so. And then I, I look a little bit up more myself. So yeah, that's basically my main source of information. And that's how I stay up to date. I don't follow anyone on Twitter. I, I don't even use Twitter or Facebook. Restless Crap says, What's the best way to spend or should I not spend? I need your philosophy on money. The best way is just pile up that cash, pile it up, so then you're financially independent, you don't have to work, you can take your time to think what you want to do. I think spending money just to spend it, I don't understand that. And it's so ingrained in society. I think mainly because of marketing and TV, trying to really convince people to spend their money for useless shit. So it's all around us. Evil Dutch says, Athene, in many places, renting a flat is extremely expensive. The people end up spending almost all of their money to pay the bills and buy food. Yes, I know. That's why saving up a lot of cash can be really helpful. On top of that, you can always rent a place with different people. It gets more complicated, but you can do that. Then it becomes much cheaper. Surreal93x, Athene, what is your opinion about emotions in general? I think that's a really good question. I think emotions are good, but they always have to be within a rational framework. And the way the world works is it's the other way around. You have an emotional framework, irrationality inside of it. That's why there's so much bullshit in society. But emotion itself is not a bad thing. I mean, I have emotions, everybody has emotions, but you have to be able to guide them rationally, else it can spin out of control. See, how can someone fight social anxiety? I already made a... a, a I already talked about it, but there's something extra I have to say about social anxiety. What is very important, and I haven't really talked about this, but it's to understand how memory and how emotions work. 
what I read is that the amygdala, I don't know if that's still the case, but that the amygdala is responsible for memory, but also for emotions connected to those memories. And as a result, what you get is when you have a certain memory, the emotion gets triggered that is connected to it. So if you have a certain thought or if you have a certain memory that is linked to a certain emotion, it always gets loaded back up. But the thing is, every time when you load an emotion, you write it back where it was. And that's why an emotion can feel at the first very strong and then becomes less and less strong. Because every time you actually experience an emotion, you're loading up the emotion and then you're writing it back away. And by experiencing an emotion over and over again, using your prefrontal cortex to guide it, you can actually make the strength of an emotion less and less powerful. And that's what therapy does. The thing is, when your prefrontal cortex has a lot of power and say in that process. So let's say you feel like a certain emotion is unwanted, or if you feel that an emotion doesn't make any sense, you can, by just experiencing the emotion and being aware of it, you can actually reduce the intensity of it next time. And this is what I'm saying right now, is just basic neuroscience. And that is what's very important, because a lot of people, when they experience social anxiety, they're backwards rationalizing certain dynamics that they actually don't understand and make things worse and worse. Because the emotion they right away gets more and more intense. But the best thing to do is to understand how it works. When you're in social anxiety, you just experience it and you know that you're writing away again the emotion. And by doing so, it will be less and less of a trouble to be interacting with people. I think, do you think that people should always think logical and don't care about emotion? People should always think logical and that includes being able to balance emotion. Because if you're in a situation where someone is emotional, you have to be able to read the emotions to have a logical, perfect reaction. For example, banning alcohol in the world. You can't ban alcohol in the world even though it's a logical idea. But the problem is that people's emotions are part of the equation and you'd cause actually more damage than you would fix. Therefore, banning alcohol wouldn't work. That's the logical decision because you have to work with people that are emotional. So emotions are part of the equation. But of course, when it comes down to you, you can choose, I'm not going to be drinking alcohol because it's not good. But when it comes to society and stuff, it's a little bit more complicated. Duokshina says, you said that your memory was not too good today. My memory is terrible when I have to study stuff. I can't remember it. You can give me a text and I have to study it and I will forget about it immediately. Ranami says, Athene, have you ever drunk alcohol in your life? No, I didn't. But I did watch statistics about alcohol and it's one of the biggest causes of death in the US. Well, probably also in Europe and such. Turaco says, alcohol is my only way to forget my shitty life problems. No, it is one of the main ways you run away from your problems. The best way is to tackle your problems and actually, you know, move on and move forward. That's the best way. Don't drink them away because you can't drink them away. That's the problem with society. People are very impulsive and don't really tackle problems and go face to face with them. And they pile up crap and stuff and shit and then they get depressed and whatever. Pure ACC says, not one glass of alcohol ever. Nope, I never drank one uh, glass of alcohol. I also never uh, did any drugs. I never smoked. I was actually from very young, very against all that shit. I said, I'm not going to take anything that can fuck with my brain. It's that easy. It always made sense to me. I don't, didn't really understand why people did it. I was a pretty uh, smart kid since I was young. And as I grew older and read a lot about it, I was even more baffled why people were doing that shit. So why would you want to kill your brain cells? How does that even work? <laughs> It's, uh, it's a bit crazy. Tim, what's your opinion on can cannabis for medical perspective? Well, even not for medical perspective. If people want to smoke pot, they smoke pot. It's that easy. It's like alcohol. 
Weed is probably less dangerous, less damaging than, than alcohol. I don't smoke weed. I would say people shouldn't smoke weed for medical. If it really helps, sure, but yeah. Subscribe to youtube.com slash wins. Watch the live stream at twitch.tv slash Athene live. And follow the real Athene on Snapchat.